Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, January the 9th, 2023. It is currently 4.22 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Let's talk about fasting. What, what, you think that's a good topic? I hope you think it's a good topic because, well, that's what I'm going to talk about. So if you don't think it's a good topic, you can go ahead and stop listening. But of course, you will miss all of the thrills and excitement and the fun that we have in every podcast episode here on the Theology Central Podcast, right? You don't want to miss, you don't want to miss one thing whenever I turn on the microphone you want to listen. But if that's not a topic that excites you, we're still going to talk about it, but it would be interesting. It really would be interesting. I don't know how many people I can get to participate, but it would be interesting to know, like, because a lot of times I, I've often tried to say this, to really understand the church, to really get a a good temperature of the church or Christianity in general. You can't talk to the pastors and the theologians and the and the Bible college professors and 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 Christian podcasters. I feel sometimes they don't truly understand what's going on in the Christian world. You may disagree, but I think sometimes we listen to the so-called experts to explain what's going on within the world of Christianity, because they're the ones who write the books. They're the one who publish the papers. They're the one who turns on the microphones. But I think sometimes the perception of what's going on in the world of Christianity, the perception from behind a microphone or from the pulpit or from a seminary classroom, I think that that is a, I think it's a flawed view. Because so many times I think the people who sit in the pew won't necessarily say what they really feel and what they really think. They, they, will, they will say what they think they're supposed to say, but, but I don't know if they're really open and honest about things, right? When you try to figure out like, okay, what's the problem? Like, bro, what's the problem? Because every year these studies come out showing that Christians aren't reading their Bible. They're not studying their Bible. So pa pastors and Bible college professors, they always try to figure out the reason why this is happening and then try to come up with a solution. And so many times when I read it, I'm like, just ask the people, because I think if the people were sitting in, in, sitting in the pew were even remotely honest, they would be like, look, here's the deal. I don't want to read. I don't want to study. I just don't care. And we're like, well, we think the problem is, you know, uh, the sun came up at the wrong time, you know, whatever, your lives are busy. And we come up with a million, sometimes it's just a, a matter of the people in the pew would be like, look, here's the deal. I don't care what you do. I'm not coming to your Sunday night service. You know what? I don't care what you do. And they, and they, if they would just be honest, because I think then people would have a better grasp. So I think sometimes you have to ask the people. So I'm going to ask the people, come on. I want you to just be brutally honest with me. Fasting. When you hear the word fasting, do your mind immediately go to some kind of diet plan? Or do you go to something, oh, a very important spiritual discipline that I engage in on a regular and consistent basis? Or, well, I've heard about fasting. I know about fasting, but come on. I don't have time for that, and I'm not going to do it. I would really like to know what the average Christian sitting there listening today or whenever you hear this, what, 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 I don't care what country you live in. I don't care what time it is. I don't care when you hear this. I really would like to get your 
like brutally unfiltered thoughts on fasting. You may be like, well, I mean, do you feel bad that you don't do it? Do you even care that people do do it? Do you think it's optional or do you think it's mandatory, but you fall short of it? Do you believe it's commanded or just suggested? How important do you think fasting is to someone's Christian life? I mean, if you took two Christians, right? Now, I know this is very subjective, but if you took two Christians, one fasted on a, on a, okay, all right, here we go. Someone is already answering. My mind goes to spiritual discipline, but I've never for spiritual and may never for, for that do so. See, now I love that. I see that's the kind of honesty I love. I love that, right? Hey, I, 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 my mind goes to spiritual discipline, but I've never for spiritual and may never do it for, to do so for that reason. So I, I think sometimes we have to listen to the people. We have to really see. But back to my, my hypothetical theory. If you took two Christians, one fasted on a regular, consistent basis, and the other one never fasted, does the one who fasted somehow become more spiritual? They grow more spiritually. They have better theological insight. Like what happens between a, between a Christian who fasts and one who doesn't? Well, what, what happens? And is that the wrong way to think about it in the first place? Now, the reason I'm thinking about fasting today is not because I'm fasting. No, because just a little while ago, I had two burritos from Allsup's. Yeah, now, if you live in Texas, you know what that is, right? Two Allsup's burritos. I mean, can you go wrong with that? And then the Allsup's brand nacho cheese chips. That, that's what I had. Yes, I mean, I was eating healthy. So I was not fasting. I was not fasting in any way, shape, or form. Um, okay, someone just said, I am not convinced anything happens. You know, I think I, there's a part of me that kind of feels the same way. There's a part of me that kind of feels the same way because I've known people who fasted on a pretty regular and consistent basis, and then they renounced Christianity and became an atheist. So, so I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, I'm not saying fasting caused it. I'm just saying uh, a, lot, a lot of people will fast. And, and I think sometimes we say it's for spiritual reasons and re, in reality, it's more for something more vain, but, but I, just the point is, the point is, I'm not thinking about fasting because I'm engaged in it today or any way, shape, or form. I'm not even saying, I, I'm not even talking about fasting because I necessarily think, oh, this is something we really need to focus on. I'm talking about fasting because literally just a few minutes ago, I'm sitting here in the studio and I all of a sudden I see an article entitled Fasting. For spiritual breakthrough in 2023. And I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So here's a good question. If we do fast, fasting for what? If you were to fast, what would you be fasting for? Fasting for what? Do we fast for spiritual breakthrough in 2023? In other words, the only people who's going to get spiritual breakthrough are those who fast. And is spiritual breakthrough even something we fast for? Now, let's just dive into this article. I don't know where it's going to lead us. (laughs) 
I I always laugh at myself because sometimes I will uh I will start here with an article like this, right? And I'll be like, okay, let's uh let's look at this article, and the next thing you know, it turns into you know a, a six week series, and who knows where it's going to go, but. I, you know what I and you know what I did. I do what I always do. I, I just saw the article. I'm like immediately turn on the microphone. I'm not even going to read it. We'll just work through it together in real time. I love doing that. that, that that's to me more fun. It's more fun doing that than me sitting here reading it, thinking it through, then turning on the microphone. I like it to be real. So are you ready? Let's jump in. And I really want you to consider fasting. What what do you really think about it? I really want to know what you think about it. And I want you to I want you to be honest. If you took two people, one fasted, one didn't, what would be the would there be any tangible, meaningful, practical difference in the two individuals? And then what should we if we are to fast, what would we fast for? What would we fast for? Someone just put a comment. I'm going to open it up on the iPad and the Spreaker app so that I can see it. All right, here we go because I'm curious of what they had to say. They said, I would only fast if I was convinced it was somehow, uh, I would only fast if I was convinced it was somehow sinful. Truly convinced um, it was an absolute command. Otherwise, I'm unconvinced to, uh, to put myself through it. I, I, that's, 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 so that's interesting. I wonder if we could, I, I feel a Bible study exercise coming on, don't you? I feel a Bible study exercise. I feel a topical method coming on. I, I feel it. I feel it. I think this person just walked in. Everyone's going to be mad at this person. This is the person in class who won't stop asking questions, and then the whole class has to do something right now. No, I'm grateful they're, they're saying that. I think a lot of people feel that way. I think most Christians don't feel like it's commanded, that it's only suggested, that they don't have to do it, and the only reason they would even think about doing is if they were convinced it was a sin. I I, I think that. <laughs> Someone says, what have I done? All right. So, but we, we will see. Before we jump to any conclusions, I'm curious to see where this article is going to take us. Again, the headline, Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough in 2023. Now, if I'm being very honest with you, as soon as I read the headline, it felt to me charismatic. Now, I'm not saying that that's fair. That may not be fair. I'm just giving you, I'm just being transparent that my thinking right now is like, oh boy, fasting for spiritual breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough. And the only reason is because I had listened to, especially in the nineties, there were certain charismatic pastors because I was trying to understand what in the world this whole charismatic thing was. And, and it was on the heels of the, like the Brownsville revival. And there was the vineyard in Toronto and all the craziness that was going on. So every once in a while I would turn on, you know, Christian uh, television and just kind of see like who's talking. And I always heard that your breakthrough is here. You get your breakthrough, get your breakthrough for whatever, 1997, get your breakthrough for. And, and I was always like, what in the world is this? So when I hear fast for spiritual breakthrough, it sounds charismatic, but I could be 100% wrong. Let's see where we're going. The article begins with this. Fasting is hard because self-denial is hard. I got no problem with that. Self-denial is hard. Anytime we have to deny ourselves. 
Like, here's what I want, but I'm going to deny myself for whatever reason. I'm denying myself for God's glory. I'm denying myself for the benefit or help of someone else. Whatever the case, I'm denying myself because if I took what I want, I would I would hurt someone else. Whatever the case is, self-denial is hard. And I think it's the very essence of what we're called to do as Christians. And we're going to fall short. Remember, you know, we're supposed to take up our cross, deny self, right? No longer follow self, but follow Christ. We, we die, we deny self, we take up our cross, which means die to yourself and no longer follow self. Now we fall short of that constantly, but I agree fasting is hard because self-denial is hard. Self-denial is hard. It goes on to say fasting is hard because self-denial is hard and overindulging is not rewarding. Now that, am I misunderstanding that? This is literally how it's written. Fasting is hard because self-denial is hard and overindulging is not rewarding. So we, we don't really get a reward for overindulging. So, okay, I don't know exactly what they mean by that first sentence. It goes on. It becomes a never-ending cycle of defeat unless we break the cycle by choosing discipline over regret as we seek the will of God. I recently released a documentary on my 40-day fast that can be viewed here. All right, now. I've got, first of all, that first sentence is just weird. So if I'm trying to understand what they're saying, fasting is hard because self-denial is hard and overindulging is not rewarding and it be, and overindulging becomes a never-ending cycle of defeat unless we break the cycle by fasting because fasting, uh, because we should choose fasting or self-denial over regret because overindulging, I guess, leads to regret. I guess that's what they're trying to say. So fasting is hard because self-denial is hard. Overindulging is not rewarding. And the only way we're going to break the cycle of overindulging is by fasting because when we choose to fast, we are doing, we're choosing discipline over regret because regret somehow can is connected to overindulging. I guess that's what they're trying to say. But then they want us to know that they've released a documentary on their 40-day fast that can be viewed here, and then they have a link. Now, I would, I'm would. i just going to raise the question here. I'm, I'm going to raise the question. If someone tells you that they did a 40-day fast, if someone tells everyone, if a preacher tells everyone, if you make a documentary about your 40-day fast, or I remember being in... Uh, Downtown Omaha, Nebraska, the Christian band Harvest was playing. I knew some, I don't remember which album it was. I would have to go back and look after all my years of studying contemporary Christian music and, well, my never-ending frustrations with it. But I saw Harvest in concert. It's in, it's in the 1990s. I'm in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. And basically for that entire concert, I don't remember much about the music. I just remember one of, I think the lead singer of Harvest just kept telling us over and over and over and over and over and over again that he had spent 40 days fasting. And all I could do when I walk away was he sure wanted us to know about his fasting success. And I thought, I don't think that's biblical. 
I think the Bible seems to be, I think Jesus seems to go out of his way to condemn those who fast and let everyone know that your fast is supposed to be something done privately and secret, and you're not supposed to let anyone know. So I've already got, I got a major problem when the author of an article about fasting basically starts off with kind of an almost a nonsensical, to me, it seems nonsensical, but I think I can understand what they're trying to say. But you got to figure out kind of what they're saying in that first sentence or two. And then they end that kind of first paragraph by making sure everyone knows, hey, I fasted for 40 days. Go watch my documentary. Go, And I wonder if the documentary is monetized. I'm going to click here. I'm going to click here. Um, it's going to take me to YouTube. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to hit play. Okay. It's full length, 40 day fasting documentary with question and answer. I'm going to hit play here. All right. It may not be monetized. It may not be monetized. If it's not monetized, that's great. But it would be really messed up if you made a video, if you made a video about uh, your 40 day fast and then you monetized said video so that you can make some money. Now, he made a documentary. I'm curious if you made a documentary about it and it looks like it's well produced. I'm assuming there's some way they're trying to get money before. If there's if there's any way in which they're trying to get money for the documentary, it would be very, 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 very disappointing. Maybe they haven't, but we would have to see. All right, so I'm already a little concerned, but let's see. I'm, I still want to understand what they mean, what they talk about by fasting. Here we go. This is the second paragraph. God teaches us through discipline because he loves us. We are also encouraged to discipline our bodies to experience breakthroughs. We cannot effectively be filled with the spirit and lack discipline our faith is not passive, it's active faith. All right, so unless you discipline yourself, and I'm assuming the key way of disciplining yourself according to this article is fasting, you won't experience breakthrough. And if you don't discipline yourself, you will not be filled with the Spirit. You cannot be effectively filled with the Spirit. So now this, this is kind of this weird, we, we, we found ourselves dealing with the same kind of weird kind of chronological order in a, in, a, in a sermon review, if you remember. So th this is weird. All right. So you would think people would, you, people typically would say being filled with the spirit is where we find our strength that we find our ability. And that's where we gain power. But this is this weird, just dynamic within the Christian world. And I'm, I'm still trying to understand this. I don't know how common this is, but it's really weird. So basically Christians say, be filled with the spirit and then you will not do this and this and this and this. Being filled with the spirit is the key to spiritual victory. Being filled with the spirit is the way to stop sinning. Being filled with the spirit is the way to understand the will of God. Being filled with the spirit is the way to understand scripture. Being filled with the spirit will give you powerful preaching. Being filled with the spirit will make you a better witness. So supposedly being filled with the spirit is the answer to everything. But what's bizarre is then Christians turn around and say, okay, be filled with the spirits where you get the power, but for you to get filled with the spirit, then it's up to you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And clearly you got to do it in your own strength because you're doing that in order to get filled with the spirit. So therefore now you have the power. So even here, we're kind of right back to the same interesting philosophy. Hey, 
If you, you will not be effectively filled with the spirit if you lack discipline. So you must in your own flesh show enough self-discipline, which then will spark the filling of the spirit. So the spirit can't fill you. The spirit will only fill the individual who demonstrates enough self-discipline. Now, I don't know exactly how much self-discipline one must have in order to get the full spirit. I don't know. If you're 50% disciplined, do you get 50% of the spirit? I told you this sounded like very charismatic. This sounds like very charismatic to me. I, I'm almost convinced this is charismatic now. All right. So, do, do, I mean, I don't even understand how this supposedly works. It seems very subjective. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so someone says, uh, we're not supposed to announce our fasting, right? Unless it's in the form of a documentary. Exactly. If it's in the form of a documentary, you're good to go. Then you can announce your fasting. So I'm, I'm just perplexed by this whole thing. So if I, unless I'm disciplined, I got to make sure we go through these again. I cannot get spiritual breakthroughs. No spiritual breakthroughs unless I'm disciplined. I cannot be full of the spirit unless I'm spiritually disciplined. And obviously, in the context of this article, the spiritual discipline that's being referred to here is I must fast. So a lack of fasting could potentially, in the context of this article, lead to no spiritual breakthrough. Don't know exactly what a spiritual breakthrough is, but okay. And I won't be filled with the Spirit. Now, they quote from that Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 Romans 6, verse 16. Romans 6, 16. Know ye not, know ye not, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So it seems that what they're going to say is either you're going to be a slave to God to righteousness, are you going to be a slave to sin? And what's going to be the determinant factor of which one you're going to be a slave to is whether you showed self-discipline and the way you show self-discipline is dun, 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 tsh, fasting, I guess. All right. So here we go. It says, either way, we are slaves. We are either God's servants or slaves to our passions and desire. Self-discipline is a fruit of the spirit. Now, see, this is where I'm perplexed. Wait a minute. I've got to be self-disciplined so I can be filled with the Spirit. However, self-discipline is supposedly a fruit of the Spirit. So is it the Spirit that makes me self-disciplined, or is it me, is it me being self-disciplined that gives me the fullness of the Spirit? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And then they quote here 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. So let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm still perplexed trying to follow this thinking here. Second Timothy 1 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Where does that say that self that self-discipline is the fruit of the spirit? What translation are they referencing? I'm going to click here. Um, they take us to the ES, ESV which says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. There we go, self-control. So uh, the King James says of a sound mind, the ESV says of self-control. So if we go with this thinking that they're putting forth, then, I, then the spirit is what gives me the discipline. 
But they just said that I have to do, I have to have the discipline to get the fullness of the spirit. So they're doing the Christian double speak here that I'm having a hard time following. But let's let's give them a chance to try to flesh this out to some level. Those who say that fasting is legalism are dead wrong. We are called to yield to the spirit and quench sin. But when we yield to sin, we quench the spirit. The vast majority of the heroes of our faith fasted, and it's still very common in many places. But in America, our fullness is our downfall. Leonard Ravenhill said, when there's something in the Bible that churches don't like, such as fasting, they call it legalism. Fleshly appetites are subdued when fasting. Fasting is challenging because the flesh always wants to negotiate with with us. It says, can we meet in the middle? Don't completely remove food. That's too extreme. All right, so trying to follow this. If you want a spiritual breakthrough, and if you want the fullness of the spirit, you have to discipline yourself. And I'm assuming discipline yourself through fasting. Now, if I discipline myself, I get the breakthrough, I get the fullness of the spirit. However, the spirit is what produces the discipline. So I don't know exactly how that circular reasoning works. And I'm going to be a slave either to God or to sin. And the way not to be a slave to sin is to demonstrate, well, self-discipline, meaning fasting. Fasting is not legalistic. Fasting is the way, as they say, to subdue the flesh or the fleshly appetites. If I want to get rid of the fleshly appetites, what I must do is fast. Now this is now this gets into some really interesting theological reasoning here. All right, so question. Where does your fleshly appetites originate? Where does your fleshly appetites originate? Now if your fleshly appetite originates within your fallen nature, can fasting can fasting subdue, lessen those sinful appetites. By denying my flesh, by denying my flesh food, will that subdue the sinful appetite? Now, they're making a major theological claim here that basically the depraved nature can be subdued by starving my body. If I starve my body, if I go, if I fast for 40 days, if I, whatever, if I go 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever the case may be, and I fast and by denying myself food, that I will somehow subdue the appetite. Now, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing it subdues the appetite. What I personally believe is what you're doing is you're disciplining your body to do without something you strongly desire. Like we all desire, I mean, I don't, food irritates me, but of course I get hungry just like everyone else. So we all desire food to some level. I, I desire food just because I need it. I don't, I don't try to find, I don't find much pleasure in it. It bothers me. It irritates me. I, it, to me, it's a waste of time. 
but I still need it. I still desire. It. And in certain set settings and in certain situations, I can, I, I, because if I don't have other things going on, I can enjoy it. But to me, so I'm denying, put it this way, in fasting, I am denying my flesh what it naturally desires, what it naturally wants. And if I can train my body to go without what it wants, what it craves, then does that give me a, 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 the, a greater ability or strength to deny myself other things that my body may want or that I may desire? So I think it's a, it's a, I think I do believe it's discipline, but I don't believe that because, because I believe the sinful appetites originate from the sinful nature and the sinful nature, I don't believe can be subdued by fasting, but I believe I can discipline my body to go without that. I can discipline my body to go without. I don't know if this will make any sense. Maybe it will. In my career field in the United States military, I, I, I dealt with biological, chemical, nuclear uh, weapons and, and nuclear war, uh, biological, chemical and nuclear uh, warfare. And so I was placed in situations either where we were setting up a civilian decontamination center where we had to wear basically hazmat gear. And then in more wartime uh, situations, we would go out and basically a, a, a team to look to see if, if any explosives came in, if there was any, uh, you know, uh, nuclear, chemical, biological agents in the area. So you send out the team. Nobody else, everyone else had to stay sheltered in place. We were the first ones to go out, and then we would test to see if there were any chemicals in the area. And then once we could declare all clear that people could be released to gather casualties, I could go through the whole process, all right? But guess what? To go out in that environment to ensure to see what chemical agents or biological agents may be present, you had to wear your full chem gear. Now, the first time you ever put on that chem gear with the chem, uh, with the, the mask and everything, and you go out and it's 120 degrees, oh, you, you feel like you're going to die in five minutes. You, I mean, literally within six minutes, you're, you're just pouring sweat. You're like, this is the end. I'm, I'm just, I, ever, I was like, that's it. I'm just, I, who cares about the chemicals out here? I'm, I'm going to take off my mask and just breathe in whatever's here because I'm going to die. Now, the longer you do it, in a sense, you begin to discipline your body so that it's still miserable, but it's, you can just endure it a little bit longer. You can endure it a little bit longer. So I think fasting is, in a sense, teaching your body to do, to do without. I don't believe it subdues the appetite. I don't, I don't believe it does that because, because I, I just have a hard time with that. Let, let's, see what, let's see what they go on to say about this, right? So they want to make sure we know it's not legalistic, but that somehow fasting is, our, our fleshly appetites are subdued when fasting. Fasting is challenging because the flesh always wants to negotiate with us. It says, can't we meet in the middle? Don't completely remove food. That's too extreme. Now, I, I do believe maybe the flesh will try to negotiate. I, I believe maybe the flesh will try to negotiate with us. But I just don't think that the appetite is subdued by going without food. I, I just, no. And they offer no scripture to support that theological theory because their theological theory is that the depraved nature and its appetite 
can somehow be subdued by fasting. They don't offer one scripture to support that. They go on to say this. Self-control is also required for leadership. In Titus 1.8, Paul adds that a leader must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. John Wesley required fasting so that his leaders disciplined their appetites rather than allowing their appetites to rule them. Okay. Well, there, there's a lot we could say here. It's It's been said for centuries that no man who cannot... All right, let me say this again. It's been said for centuries that no man who cannot command himself is fit to command others. Um, Paul told the Corinthians that he strikes a blow to his body and makes it a slave so that he will not be disqualified for service. First Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians 9.27, an undisciplined leader is an oxymoron. We see the power of fasting in Joel 1.14 when the leaders are called to consecrate a fast called a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land and the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Right? They don't, they don't really offer much here. Okay, we're, we're almost done. I'm, this is just kind of an interesting article. It, it's not really, I don't know. There's a lot of things we could say here, but all right. The magnitude, the magnitude of the situation. So the magnitude of the situation determined the response. God's people had departed from him. The call was to return through fasting, prayer, and brokenness. Fasting is depriving the flesh of its appetite as we pray and seek God's will and mercy. We are saying the flesh got me into this predicament. Now it's time to seek God's mercy and humble myself before him. Obviously, people have overcome challenges without fasting, But fasting adds extra strength, especially when overcoming addictions. Our addiction may end, but others can continue. The alcoholic switches to caffeine, the nicotine addict switches to sugar, and the the opioid user switches to food. It's a never-ending cycle, but fasting can break the cycle. However, fasting is not a cure-all or a magic wand. It's a spiritual discipline designed to aid in victory. Again, choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. So supposedly we get extra power if we fast. So if we fast, dun-dun-dun-dun, we get extra power. Now, once again, this is something I, I, Christians, are, Christians are always claiming we get extra power, we get extra power, we get extra power. With all the extra power that we supposedly have access to, I don't know why a Christian has ever committed a sin once in their entire life. They go on. Though fa- through fasting, our body becomes a servant instead of a master. When Jesus directs us, the outcome is always beneficial spiritually and physically. Notice he says, when you fast, Matthew 6, 16, scripture doesn't say when you sin and if you fast, but rather if you sin and when you fast. The obvious goal and benefit of fasting are spiritual but there are physical benefits as well. Can we pray and seek God with all our hearts, with a headache, uh, with, uh, with tight? Uh, hang on, okay, wait a minute. All right, this, I'm, this is literally, I'm reading this as it's actually written. All right, here we go. 
The obvious goal and benefit of fasting are spiritual, but there are physical benefits. Can we pray and seek God with all our hearts, with a headache, tight pants, that's literally what it says, and a sluggish, lethargic body strung out on our favorite addicted substance? Of course not. So you can't seek God with all your heart with a headache or tight pants. I'm, 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 I literally, that is what it says. I had to read it like 15 times to even say, say that, to see what it, to, to convince myself that's what it actually said. Right, now, once again, this is uh, the typical Christian idea that you can seek God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, that we can do it. And I'm saying we can never truly seek God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care if you never eat again. You're never going to seek God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You never will because, well, we have a sinful nature and we're sin. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pursue God, but that we have to start with an understanding of what we can and cannot do. All right, but let's continue. That, that was That's a strange sentence right there, but they continue. Does the way you feel affect your productivity and the quality of your life? Absolutely. Our diet affects key hormones such as serotonin for relaxation, uh, dopamine for pleasure, uh, and then they go on for for other things, for healthy thinking, and other things for handling stress. They they add a a bunch of things. I'm not going to go through all of them. All right. So basically, the way you feel impacts your productivity and quality of life. If we allow junk food and addictions to control our attitudes and productivity, it will hinder what we do for God. So junk food can hinder what you do for God. When we're always dealing with stress, anxiety, and sickness, can we do much for God? No, we will be limited. Granted, those who through no fault of their own have a debilitating illness... I'm assuming the reader understands that I'm not talking about those. I'm only talking about those who can make changes. So, hey, hey, you can only serve God so much if you're eating incorrectly or you're, you have stress or whatever. So you got to make that change. But wait a minute. If you if you have a, debil- a, a debilitating disease, I'm not talking about you. This, this is written in a very, I don't, I don't know. I'm having a hard time even like this is not flowing. It's just like someone just threw, started writing down in a journal just some random ideas about fasting with almost no scriptural support, making dogmatic assertions about what we can and can't do. And I guess what they want us to understand is that fasting helps our body, and by helping our body, we help our ability to be able to serve God. They say the key. Now, this is the last part here. When you put what you put in the mouth and the mind affects the spirit. And when you feed the spirit, it affects the body and the soul. I'm often asked to pray for panic attacks, angry outbursts, and anxiety. That can be done and God honors prayer. But we are we opening the door to those things by not halting highly addictive caffeine, sugar, opioid, and nicotine habits? Or are we renewing our minds by meditating on the word and spending time in prayer? Against the physical effects, the spiritual, again, the physical affects the spiritual and the spiritual affects the physical. Much of the healing that I have witnessed over the years was a result of a renewed stewardship of the body. You can do this. It's all about falling forward. Wow. I, I don't know what to make of that article. I, I have no idea what to do with that article. 
I, I, I don't, I have no idea what to do with this article. I, I, I don't even know. I mean, an article, an, I, I don't know what to say. An article that literally says, hey, you basically can't pursue God if your p- pants are too tight. I, I don't even know what that is supposed I Can I even take this seriously? I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. So let's try that, that, that got us into the subject. Let's try a couple of things here. All right, so let's do this. All right, here, here's what I want us to think about. First, I would love to just get your honest, open opinion on fasting. Do you do it? Do you not do it? What do you think about it? Do you feel bad? Do you feel guilty? Do you care? Are you not bothered in any way, shape, or form? I would, because I think we could have, I think it could lead to a deeper and more important conversation that we could do. I think we could, I think we could handle the conversation better than I, this article is just so disjointed. And, and it, it seems like that the basic end of it was we need to eat better and fasting helps us. It just basically, it almost sounds like a, an, a, a challenge to be more healthy than it is. But they kept saying that it's spiritual because if we, if we don't, if our bodies are not healthy, then it impacts us spiritually. This, I don't, I don't know if the article's main emphasis or focus is on fasting, but okay. Unless they believe fasting is the means to better, better physical health. And then you have to ask yourself, is that the right kind of fasting? Is that the right kind of fasting? I, I, think, that's, I think that's very important. Is if, if we're fasting for physical benefits, is that the right kind of fasting? All right, but let's, let's do this. So, man, what, what, that article was a mess. That article was a mess. All right, let, let's, let's go through this. Here we go. So number one, I would love to really get your thoughts, just, just brutal honesty about fasting. We already had one person in the comments become pretty brutally honest and say, look, unless I'm convinced it's a sin not to do it, unless I'm convinced it's a, it's a command that I have to do it, I'm not going to do it. And they don't feel that it's really advantageous to do so. All right. So I think so I, I like that kind of uh, honesty. I like that kind of just like this is the way it is, because I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Number two, I would like everyone to start thinking about and truly pursuing just some, just do a, just do a, a very basic skim of scripture to see if you think you can find any scripture that would put forth the idea that fasting is mandated, that fasting is commanded, and to not do so would be sin. I think this is, so I want your brutal, honest opinion. And then number two, I want you to just really consider, just think of any scripture about fasting and go, is that telling me I have to do it? Is it commanded? Now, if it's not commanded, then I'm going to have a hard time listening to someone tell me, well, guess what? You won't be full of the spirit. Guess what? You won't get a spiritual breakthrough. Guess what? You can't serve God, correct? No, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. no. God's not going to tell, not God, God is not going to say you're basically, you're out of luck spiritually because you didn't do something I didn't even command you to do. That, that just seems like a, so I think the article should have started with fasting is commanded. And if you don't do it, here are the negative consequences. But I would love for you to see what you can find. Do you think fasting is commanded? So number one, your brutal honesty. Number two, just a basic survey of scripture to determine if fasting is commanded, right? Number three, we should fast for what? Whether we believe it's commanded or whether we're not, it's not commanded, does the Bible articulate exactly what we're fasting for? 
What are we fasting for? I don't know if the Bible ever points to any health reasons or any physical reasons for fasting. Now, the article just inevitably ended up right there. Like, the, the, it just li- literally just went right there and ended up with, hey, there's all these health benefits. And the health benefits help you spiritually because your body impacts your spirit and your spirit impacts your body. All right, so I, I think what fasting for what? So, what is your b- brutal, honest opinion about fasting? Do you believe what scriptures do you think you can find that would say it's commanded? And and number three, what should we fast for? What are we fasting for? I think that's a very important question. And I think then I think number four, I think number four, we have to understand that fasting does not subdue the sinful nature. I don't believe it works that way. I believe it, it's trying to talk to the body so that the body can be trained to do without. I don't know if it can weaken depravity. At least, I just want you to at least think about that. So number one, what is your brutal, honest feelings about it? What is your brutal, honest feelings about it? Number two, I want you to just think of scripture that would say, hey, it's commanded. Number three, what would you say the Bible tells you that we fast for? What's the reason we fast? And number four, I want you to really consider, does fasting subdue the sinful nature? I don't believe that is correct. I don't believe that is correct. Now, I'll stop there. I don't know what that, that article is really disappointing. It's really disappointing. That article was just a train wreck. And that was written by a senior pastor who, well, has a documentary on fasting. I guess they put forth themselves as some kind of an expert on it. I mean, if you make a documentary on it, but uh, the, it's the it's a lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Lancaster, California, just north of Los Angeles. He is the author of a book, Fasting, Feasting and Fasting, If My, if my People... If my people, desperate for more of God and help, I'm addicted. So that, so he's written a book, he's made a documentary. So I guess he somewhat is putting forth himself as an expert in fasting, but the article is just baffling to me. And I don't know what to where tight pants have to come into play with any of it. I'm completely baffled. And it, yeah, and it sounds like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Okay. Someone just says, I believe many turn to the Sermon on the Mount when you fast as an assumption you're supposed to. Yeah, I I do agree that many say, hey, here's an assumption we're supposed to. But if we, if it's, and if it's assumed that we're supposed to, then we would have to then figure out that why do we fast? Why? Why? What are we fasting for? What does it actually do? What does it not do? I will believe that G. I, be, I will believe. I, I will. Let me say. I won't believe. I won't say. I believe. I will say and agree that I. I think it. The New Testament definitely puts forth fasting and speaks of fasting and uh, kind of almost an assumed way, which should call all of us to question: What role should it play in our lives? But I don't think most most people sitting in a pew don't fast. I mean, that's just a reality of it. 
Now, they may do so if some horrible tragedy strikes, someone in the church is about to die, and then you put forth an idea, hey, we need to pray and fast. Sometimes then I think you'll get people committed to do so for, for you know, maybe a 24-hour period or for, you know, to skip lunch or something to pray for this horrible, tragic situation. Once the tragic situation goes away, people resort, usually return back to their normal practice, which is usually a life where fasting is a concept they hear preached, not a concept they may actually engage in, which goes back to what do the people really think about it? Now, we, we could get ourselves into a major discussion about law and gospel at this point, but we will stop right there because I don't know what else to say. That article was so weird. That's such a, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the article and I'm just baffled, but I'm going to have to stop because uh, my iPad is down to 1%. So I'm going to have to stop. But we'll, we will talk more tonight about something. Email me in the meantime, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I don't have time to go back and repeat all of the things I challenged you to think about, but I would love to get your thoughts and comments on all of them. And uh, I think maybe we can find a way to do something for the Bible study exercise. I mean, right now we're getting ready to go into about a seven-week study on discernment. So we'll we'll have to... uh, Some people connect fasting with discernment. So that's a whole... Maybe we'll get into it at least at, in part in, in that study. We will have to see. But we'll, we'll, we'll cross all of that when we get there. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I wish that would have been better. I don't, I don't, that article is just bizarre. If you want to find that article, go to thechristianpost.com, thechristianpost.com, and look for Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough in 2023. It was published uh, yesterday, January the 8th, 2023. I don't really understand the article. Currently, um, there are eight comments uh, underneath it, and you can read the comments. I, we, 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 I think we'd have done better if we would have read the comments. Okay, <laughs> The comments may be more interesting than the article, but it, I, I, my iPad's going to die. So newsif at yahoo.com. There we go. We kind of, I don't know. What do I call that? I kind of just like, here you go, guys. Here's some crazy words on fasting. Here's some good questions. All right, now talk. That's kind of all that I accomplished, but hopefully it was beneficial. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. We'll be back on the air sometime this evening. God bless.